Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again to the Bread and Circuses podcast. I am Rooster here with, uh, I'm sorry, sir. I, I don't remember your name. It's been a while. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Ho, ho, ho. Motherfucker. <laughs> Santa Crow. It's uh, It's been a little while because we've been busy and it's the Christmas season and everybody's no, got... I almost didn't, almost didn't do this when they were already getting interrupted by phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lots of stuff going on. Hold on a second. Sparrow, Sparrowhawk. Hello. Well, I'm uh, I'm recording my show right now, so let me call you back. Oh boy, that's that's. I don't know if that's smart, but we'll talk about it later. Sparrowhawk doing something that might not be smart. Uh, hope uh, hope we can talk him down. <laughs> um. So anyway, it's been a couple weeks. Just we've been busy, and uh, it's tough to get together and do this stuff. So, uh, well, we're back. So, I think since the last time we talked, well, there's always been a lot that happened, but we did not talk about, because we haven't had the chance to, um, Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty on all charges. Hallelujah. I was going to say, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I I was a little worried, so um, I thought they might pull the, you know, the one juror that they couldn't quite convince to to, uh, give him the whole... The whole, uh, what was it, five charges to drop a five? Four. Or, yeah. So I thought they'd try to get him under, like, the, the least, um, you know, uh, severe one. Yeah, I always expect there's some horse trading in a jury there. Yeah. but uh, And we heard reports that the uh, there was one or two jurors holding out. That's why it took so long. So Yeah, I heard two. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I, I really do want to hear from the jurors. Uh, at least one of them should should you know talk, should make some bank out of this, make some money, and talk to someone. If you were on that jury, would you talk? Absolutely. God, I would not. I mean, there's they could do it under you know they could they could be credentialed and then do it under you know you know where they put the shadow on the person and change their voice if they want you know as long no, as I'd... the media. But they if they're going to make good money on it, hell yeah. No, there's not enough money. I do it without. I do it you know right out in the open. So. Be come at me, bitch! <laughs> All you bitches come with your AR me. and your tax strap in front uh, of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, and you and I feel differently about what he's doing now. I think he should do the the thing like the Darren, what's his name, who shot Michael Brown, just disappear. And uh, he's doing every every single yeah, show out there. Doing shows, and you know what he's doing is he. And I I agree with it. I think he should. Um, use that his notoriety at this point. He's going to make bank off of it. And who's to say if he's going to make any money suing for defamation, like uh, like um, the the kid that um, the, the Salmon Smirker, yeah, Nicholas. I Mann. I think uh, from what I've seen of legal experts talking about it, he'll make even more because so, at, because Sandman didn't have a trial, so nothing was right. submitted as nothing evidence. Was and so there are people out there who once the trial is, I mean, things have been entered in evidence like it was it was three white guys he shot. There were news agencies saying, yeah, he killed three black men. Right. But regardless, it's not a 
foregone conclusion that he's going to win any of these lawsuits or, or make a significant amount of money off of them. But he will make a consistent significant amount of money, I think, being a guy that's in this realm of the two-way, um, two-way spokesman, um, you know, um, product placement kind of guy. I think there's a lot of companies that are willing and not just in the short term. I think this is a long term thing for him. Yeah, I don't because know. it's because of the nature of the case. It was such a big win for the Second Amendment. I just don't think he. In the couple interviews I've seen, I don't think he's doing himself any favors with the stuff he says. So uh, I love it. I love that he's just being himself. He's not. Um, he's not. Uh, you know, he doesn't have some handler telling him. You know, lawyer basically tell him what he can and can't say. He's not. You can tell he hasn't been coached. Or if he has, he says, "I don't care. I'm. I'm happy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on the people's shows that supported me the whole way." And I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to give him an, I'm going to give him my full, you know, my full interview and, and not hold back. And I, I love it. I think it's great. God, I just, I wouldn't do it. I would, I would be like, I don't want to see lose? a camera or a microphone again. His life. I just, I just worry well, about like, like actually getting shot or yeah. Okay. Like somebody coming out. I, I think regardless of what he's doing with this, that that's a, that's a concern. It, it doesn't inflate or deflate at all, depending on how he, how, how he tries to either hide or, or put himself out there. Yeah. But I think who's the guy who shot uh, Trayvon Martin Zimmerman. Yeah, I, I think he's kind of faded away. Nobody's yeah, but Zimmerman really had issues to begin with. He was, well, I, he was I agree. He was kind of a he had kind of mental, not mental, but emotional problems to begin with, and that just is exacerbated. Whereas I think Kyle, I think he's. It sounds like he's got his head on straight, and he's he's handling the the stress of it really well. Um, he he basically told multiple people. Elijah Schaefer um, uh, was one of the interviews I heard. Um, and that was pretty risque, some of the stuff they were talking about. But uh, and then he went on Crowder, and he said, "How do you how do you get through?" He goes, "Well, have it. You have to have a sense of humor. You have to laugh about it, and uh, you know, pray." Yeah, and I think that I don't disagree with what he's saying. I just think when he says, "Well, you got to laugh about it," people are going to do that. Oh, you're laughing about killing three people. It's, there's no way he's going to win. And if he keeps himself at the forefront of the news, it's not going to. I just don't think it's going to help him uh, financially. Well. Maybe we'll see. So, and, I don't, and the more money, the better. When it comes to security, if you don't, he needs to have some security, then you know, but you like can get he, yourself in a situation where you're away from people, or if you need to travel, you can travel with with somebody that's going to watch your back. I mean, money money's going to help in this situation. But like being on Stephen Crowder's show, does he get paid for that? I don't even know. Does I suspect, he get paid I, for being on with Elijah Schaefer? I suspect they. Schaefer, he, I bet you he didn't get paid because yeah. it's just. I think he just wants to go and tell him, "Hey, thanks for being." supporting me and get and you're Eliza Shaver is one of the reasons he's free because if they wouldn't have people on the ground recording video that night um, honest videos um, he probably would have been railroaded and, and thrown into prison oh I 100% so, agree so with you. he has to go on those shows as a basically hey hey I appreciate what you did for me basically you know save my my bacon and that's you know that's was, probably cool was the one reporter who testified um, one of Eliza Shaver's employees I don't think so. Who's the one employer? Um, um, there was a reporter that testified. He was there when first guy got shot. He was trying to give him aid and stuff. Uh, was he was that, on Tim Pool's uh, show. McGinnis? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're. I don't think he's an employee of, of Elijah's. That they know each other, but I think they're independent of each other. Okay. So. Yeah, I just what I don't get in the whole thing is the. Uh, the guy who got his arm blown off, Gross Quits or yeah, whatever, Gross Quits or something, Gage, whatever. He was at a uh, he was at this thing with a gun he wasn't allowed to have. He pulled it on somebody, and he's not arrested. He's not being charged. Nothing. No, we know there's no it, there's no balance in the system. 
but not, I, it's not a fair justice system. But how can it be that blatant? How I mean, how are yeah. they? Uh, I don't know. That that prosecutor, that banger dude, was just crooked. Oh, it was great listening to uh, Rittenhouse just slam on Banger the whole time. He was he was it was funny actually, you know, making fun of Banger. So I, I love it. I hope Banger heard it all too. So I'm sure because he seems like the kind of guy that would be super uptight and want to hear about you know want his reputation not be sullied because he's one of those types. So I to, to hear Rittenhouse just slam on it was pretty funny. If you ever get a chance to listen to Eliza Schaefer, it wasn't his. Uh, Slightly offensive show. It was the You Are Here show that he has a co-host, Sidney Watson. And yeah. they've got podcasts for that, or you can see it on YouTube. But it was it was interesting. It was it was risque. Um, they made a whole lot of fun of the fact that he had the Four Doors More Whores name on his uh, on his uh, Call of Duty account or whatever. Which is the hell something it was. you expect a fifteen-year-old kid, to right? Do. And that's what. And you know what? You can tell that they were making jokes about it and and how he's going to get laid and all that from this. And and it was it was crass but it was you can tell it was just a bunch of bullshit talk it wasn't like they weren't like you know being complete assholes and when they asked him do you think you're a hero because it was not only sydney watson but it was this other chick on there and they asked him you know uh, do you think you're here he's like no absolutely not i'm not not a hero i just i just did what i had to do to protect myself and they were trying to tell him well this is why i think you're a hero and uh, you know that's you know that's fine if he doesn't think he's a hero that's actually makes him even more of a hero in my mind yeah, that's the hero word is where you and I disagree. And, and he him. was out there. If it was just him in some situation where he inter- inserted himself in a group of assholes and just just like maybe just a political rally, and he was one side of the political rally against the you know the leftists against the right wing, and that this kind of went down. I don't know if I call him a hero. I call him a hero because he went there with the best intentions. He went there to help people. He went there to protect a business. He went there to administer first aid to even the people that were, you know, part of the problem. And uh, and he was doing good. He cleaned graffiti up. He was doing good things. And so I think that's what makes him a hero. Well, I don't think he was a hero, but I know the people he shot were pieces of shit. That so. doesn't hurt. So. so. Um, all right. Well, let's keep moving here. Um, I am talking about, uh, talking about other cases here i'm pretty anxious to see what happens with completely unrelated to rittenhouse and unrelated to each other but the kim potter and jesse smollett trials but the juries are deliberating now yeah, kim, kim potter Potter's is the one who shot tased uh, tased a guy mistaking her taser for her gun for a taser right now i've heard a couple things i've heard that she was a good cop who'd been in the field before and did training stuff i've also heard she was on the on a desk, and because they were short on cops, they put her out there. I don't know. Yeah, and well, she she was training someone that day. Yeah, um, here's what I do know from watching the Brandon Tatum video about it. That other cop, who uh, he failed her in this whole thing. The black guy. I don't know who because there was a black cop there with her, and he, I think he was the one being trained. Whoever took him out of the car. Yeah. What. Didn't I mean he didn't move him to they the back of the car? Him, yes. Yeah, completely. Didn't get control of him. None yeah. of that stuff. And um, and I think this kid trying to get away like this, um, you know, that was foolish. I mean, he's got a warrant. It's for a violent crime. And when he tries to get away in a car, a car can be used in a lethal as a, in a lethal way. Uh, through accident or purpose. Sometimes cars just drive themselves. They just drive themselves through Christmas Christmas parades. Yeah, we'll come back yeah. to that. Um, Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't want to sit here and judge afterwards because I've gone a bunch of different ways. Like 
they should have let him go. They had his, they had his, you know, name and where he lived and all that. And another part of me is like, we well, can't just let him dive into his car because what if he has a gun? So I don't know in the heat of the moment. But I will say I don't believe – I don't believe – just like the Rittenhouse case, this didn't have anything to do with race. This was a mistake by someone who I think should pay somehow. Um, I mean if you, if you discharge your weapon accidentally and you kill someone, there, there's got to be some sort of right. penalty and you're not, for that. You're not intentionally committing a crime at that point. Right. She didn't point. murder him. She didn't shoot him because he was yeah. black. It was none of that stuff. She, I mean it was criminal negligence to think you're shooting him with a taser yeah. and shoot him with a gun. And I, I'm thinking, yeah, uh, some probation or you know something along those lines. Obviously, you're never going to work in law enforcement again. Well, um, and maybe even jail time. You did kill somebody. So, yeah, but I mean, it would just be, it wouldn't be, it would never be enough for the people that want to see her punished. So why even do it? Well, because you still got to do it. Justice has got to be blind that way. So I think blind justice would be that the, you know, the, you get the sentence of whatever one and a half years in jail and then you, you know, time served for whatever. And then you go, you know, probation. And if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't uh, break the. Uh, the probation, then you, then you're fine. If you break it, then you go to, you know, all that kind of shit that they've been giving to the leftist or the, uh, the criminal pieces of shit to get them out in the streets left and right all the time. Well, I have no idea what the jail time would be for, um, you know, for that kind of, when you accidentally kill negligent somebody. homicide. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea, but whatever that is, I think she, just like everybody else who does it should go to jail for mm, it. There's always mitigating. There's always some, there. There has to be some. There can't be just a standard. This is it. You know. Um, this is this is the sentence, and you're done. There has to be some um, leeway in, in how they're sentenced. So I mean, I just I feel like the the punishment's got to suit the crime. I understand there are issues with other pieces of shit getting off and all that. If that's the case, then she should get off for the same yeah. reasons. But I think, in my mind, whatever. She did in a way is very similar to what Alec Baldwin did. You know, Alec Baldwin was reckless with that gun and he killed somebody because of it. I think that guy should go to jail. And I'm worried that he's going to skate because of who he is. But there's a little difference in the fact that, you know, he wasn't dealing with a, a, a criminal situation. He, yeah, I'm not saying know, it's a perfect analogy. Yeah, but that's but, why it's a little bit different with police. And you know what? I, I'm becoming less and less a raw, raw police guy. And uh, so I'm not going to back the blue every every step of the way anymore. But... Um, in this situation, I was trying to put myself in the shoes of like, if I, if it was a family member that was shot instead of tased, but they were in, you know, they were resisting arrest and, uh, you know, I'd be like, okay, yeah, she deserves some punishment. Does she deserve, if she's got a, a, a family and she's doesn't have any other criminal record and it was just that situation, does she deserve to go to jail? I don't know. I, I, I I'm trying to put myself in the situation where I'm like the parent, but I can't. Well, let me ask you this. If it was uh, it was a black cop shooting a white kid, how would you feel? If the white kid was being a fucking idiot and a piece of shit, you know, I'd go, yeah, that black cop was being an idiot and it's probably a diversity hire is what I'd be thinking. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just like I was thinking she probably had no business being out there either. Yeah, maybe. So, but if, you know, I, I just, yes, something, she deserves some sort of, there, there, there has to be some sort of justice for this, but, you know. The situation, and we're coming to find out more and more about this fucking kid. Oh, he's a terrible kid. He's a, he's a sack of shit. I mean, I'm, the reason he was, the stories I've read is the reason he was, uh, had that warrant was he shot a kid who beat him up. Yeah. 
So he went back and found him and shot him. Isn't he the one that also uh, robbed a woman, but choked her and robbed her? Mm-hmm. So it's like, this guy's a sack of shit. He was going to go on to an illustrious career of criminality. Well, he's got videos of him uh, smoking blunts and pointing guns at the camera. Yeah. And- so I'm not, I, I, I don't, honestly, I just don't care at this point about like being perfectly um, to the letter of the law. I think there has to be. Uh, consideration to who you're dealing with. Yeah, for me, it's more about just the integrity of, you know, the sentencing and all that stuff. Right. I mean... I get it. I just don't... At this yeah. point, I don't care anymore. Um, on the Jesse Smollett thing, what pisses me off is I think he's going to get some sort of slap on the wrist kind of thing. Yeah. He is under oath saying he did not plan this out, but they have... The check signed, doing a walkthrough, the, the check and, signed from him to them to the to these Olson Jero brothers, whatever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess. Man, I wish they would have had this um, live this trial. This would have been great to watch. Um, he but, accused one of them of being gay. And well, he said he said and, they got together at a bathhouse and they, you know, they just kind of made out a little bit and you know um, masturbated together. Nothing, you know, nothing they Jeffrey, normal. They Jeffrey Tubin did yeah, together. Nothing any normal person, normal human being, and you know hasn't done in their life. You know, and uh, you know the fact that they that they had that kind of a relationship means you know that they they um, they were not uh, they, he, these brothers. They were just jealous of his uh, his celebrity. And they were they were glomming on to celebrity, and you know all they got, all the one brother got was a little uh, a little mutual masturbation, and he wanted more, so they were really mad. So they 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 put up this elaborate retarded scheme, and uh, you know you can't use the word elaborate, <laughs> and uh, and um, just the whole thing, it's just laughable. Like everything about it is laughable. Well, especially since these two guys are like, "Yep, you busted us. We did it." Yeah. <laughs> Here's the check. And they got video of them. Here's purchase, the video of, us video of them purchasing the all the stuff together, and yeah, it's just <laughs> the MAGA hats and. But what really this worries, is MAGA country, Chicago? Really, really? What really worries me is that he's gonna he's gonna get off of this. He'll get charged with some minor thing. He'll do some community service, and then he'll go on some big crying apology tour with everybody. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna work with him. And here's the reason I think. He, he's obviously a narcissist and he is stupid. So he's got both of those things. There was like people like Hugh Grant when he got caught with that tranny prostitute or whatever. Black, wasn't I think a tranny. It was, it was just a prostitute. Was it a black tranny, I thought? No, it's just a just black. Just a black prostitute. I thought she was a Eddie tranny. Eddie Murphy got caught with a black Oh, tranny. that's right. So Hugh, Hugh Grant got caught with a, with a black prostitute. And he when it kind of died down, he went on all the talk shows. And he was, you know, making fun of himself. Like he, he'd joke about it. Like the the host would bring it up, and then he'd make some you know self effacing remark, and people would laugh, and it was endearing, so people didn't care. Jesse Smollett is not likable. He's a he's a bitch. He's a dumb bitch, and uh, people nobody even on the left are gonna gonna take his shit. All, I'm sure the black people on the left are gonna be like looking at him like man. Oh, well, the black people might be, but I mean uh, the left in general, they're gonna love him because he's gay and he's I. And I'm sure this happens to you. There are so many friends I have that are like, you say, well, this this uh, this hate crime was faked. Here's how they figured it out, blah, blah, blah. And they go, well, yeah, but you can understand why they did it. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't oh, buy yeah. that. You can't. Yeah, I, I actually understand why they did it, though. And it's because there's not enough legitimate hate crimes. I get that. But those people will justify it saying, well, maybe this one was fake, but there have been so many that haven't. You can understand why this person did that. And that goes back to what I was saying in the Kim Potter thing. No, I want some integrity in the sentencing and the law and stuff. So 
I'm worried that this guy's just going to do the big apology tour. I don't think he's ever going to get back to where he could have been. Um, but I guess I, I'm not at all worried about it. And, uh, you know, how I've lately been so pissed off about not seeing justice. Mm-hmm. But in this case, who fucking cares? He's he's a nobody. He he wasn't going anywhere to begin with. He wasn't like a up-and-coming actor. Yeah, he was getting fired from the show. Right. He was just – he was a loser. He's not a smart guy. He's not charismatic. And you can tell because, you know, he's got – what is what jobs has he gotten since? Yeah. No. So, you know, who cares? He's basically he he tried to he reached for the stars with this and uh, and he and he failed miserably. So that's that's enough punishment, I guess. Good for he's him. A, he's a laughing stock. He's yeah. a laughing what? What? <laughs> what now? <laughs> um. All right. I uh, I'm pretty excited that these uh, vaccine mandates that uh, Biden's been rolling out. They've been shot down by uh, circuit courts, I think it is, three right. times now. So nationwide, they've been stopped. And uh, now, just yesterday, the House and the Senate shot down, well, the Senate at least shot down his vaccine mandate. Um, so they just can't do it. Yeah. But um, then you hear de Blasio in New York City is well is because, bullshit. Because <laughs> apparently local authorities have yeah. some, but I don't know. But s- still on the on the Biden thing. Before we get to de Blasio, I I think it's awesome that the court is finally, the court system is finally starting to grow pair when it comes to this. Well, I think they're a little um, irritated with the fact that he's been saying, yeah, the courts, courts, when he said, there's other things where he said, uh, yeah, the court's probably going to say it's it's a bad news, but I'm going to do it anyway. He goes, this is probably illegal, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, and he knows because he's circumventing the court because, or he's, he's, he's playing a game because he knows that. There's a certain amount of time it's going to take for the courts to get through this, and by that time it's going to be too late. Mm-hmm. And so he's just blatantly saying, "Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do here." Well, I and mean, the courts are getting pissed. They're like, "Fuck you! You shouldn't be doing this." I, this idea that they're just pleading with companies now to say, "Well, just do it anyway," you know. Yeah. And I, uh, I've changed my tune a little bit on this because I was, I was looking at it like, "Hey, I, if I'm having some integrity, I got to say that." That, you know, a private company should be able to do that if they want to do it, which I still believe, except I was listening to Joe Paggs the other night. And uh, he said, look, if, if a company tells you they want you to dress a certain way, they want you to do something certain, he goes, that's a condition for working there. He goes, but if it involves like injecting something into your body and you're already working there and they didn't need it from you, they shouldn't be allowed to do it. And I thought, you know what? He's right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna require me to get a shot, to continue working where I already am, I don't think that should be allowed. Yeah. And there may be legal experts to say, well, technically, yeah, whatever. I I don't care what the law says. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. So, I I think these mandates should be. Yeah, and and, and you know what, De Blasio, like you said more local control of this kind of stuff. Great. And de Blasio is free, free to do that then. And he's going to, the New York's going to suffer the consequences of it. Well, they say he's trying to do it because he's trying to run for governor. I can't believe that's not a good the strategy. State of New then. York is going to elect him. Governor. They wouldn't be. Ha- nobody's happy about this. Nobody, but the, but the most mentally deranged, which is a lot of this country has become deranged by this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not, I don't think there's enough mentally deranged people. I hope I, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this, and I'm not going to be surprised by the answer I know you're going to give me, but I'm surprised by my own answer when I think about this question. Do you find yourself wanting to punch a lot more people? 
Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I look at de Blasio talking, and in the past, someone like him would have annoyed me. Like, I've talked about this before with Barack Obama's sort of whistling S he's got. It, it annoys me. Yeah. Um, even listening to Larry Elder, he's got that sort of thing he does when he talks. It, it bugs me. But de Blasio, I, I've never wanted – I never saw Barack Obama's like, God, I just want to punch that guy. De Blasio, I just want to smack him. De Blasio, the Cuomo's. Yeah, there, uh, Don Lemon. There are certain people, and, and what it comes not so much Chris Cuomo. I just think he's pathetic. Now, what it comes down to is the arrogant, like the smug and arrogant, are the ones that you really want to fucking punch. Yeah, but Obama was arrogant, and I never felt like punching. He him. was aloof. He was his arrogance was different than than like the uh, the arrogance that you get from the Cuomos and from uh, from De Blasio. I think you know he his was whole, you know, nose in the air, you know, uh, trying to be regal, kind of aloofness for Obama. And it was just kind of a show, whereas these guys are just real fucking arrogant assholes. Yeah, see, Chris Cuomo has not made me feel like I wanted to punch him. But the only I think the only time I thought, yeah, he's punchable was when he, that guy called him Fredo. And yeah. he was just being a dick. And he was talking, I'll throw you down those stairs. I'm like, I don't think you do that stuff out in public nowadays. There's just too many people who carry yeah. too many people who know how to fight. You know, there was a guy I knew um, who went to college. Uh, about 10 years ahead of me and I met him in the health club and we're just talking and he used to do MMA when they weren't wearing gloves and stuff like that. I mean, the the bare knuckle stuff. And he said, he was talking about, this is about 10 years ago. So he's talking 15 years after he's done this. He goes, you got to be careful now because too many people know how to fight. Right. You know? And I, I don't think you should be in public telling people, I'm going to kick your ass. I'll throw you down those stairs. I don't well, care. and then that's a, a whole other reason about having an armed society. Yeah, and having an armed society is a polite society. If you if you make the ability to carry a weapon universal, like constitutional carry, and you know everybody can be carrying, you're not going to try to escalate unless you're a fucking idiot. And if you're one of those guys that's carrying a gun around with a chip on your shoulder, and you're going to use it in a way that's going to, you know, not be legal, then you should get like very stiff penalties yeah and and i'm not a i'm not i'm for constitutional carry everybody should be able to carry a gun if they're above 18 but if you use that gun in the commission of a crime or you use that gun in in a way that's dangerous for other people the consequences of that should be severe yeah and more severe than they are now i agree so that's trade-off i'm willing to give you yeah you know you're the left you know so and that would make us a a polite society and there's going to be a few people there's going to be the people that Use that gun stupidly regardless because they don't think it through. But guess what? Those are the people that are going to get guns no matter how hard the gun laws are. They're going to have that gun anyway. Well, what's the what's the quote about God made man and Samuel Colt made him equal or yeah. something like that? Um, well, there's that. Did you hear that situation with the, the latest school shooter that uh, the parents got charged uh, with uh, uh, not negligent homicide? They got charged with um, manslaughter charges or whatever. Uh, yeah, like accomplice to manslaughter. Uh, whatever they got charged with, um, you know, other than maybe a bad precedent, like to charge parents for rogue kids going out and shooting up schools, uh, they deserve some sort of charge. If you heard about what they fucking did, did you hear the details of this case? I didn't hear the details. Oh, I heard that they bought the. F- he's fifteen. Fifteen bought him a gun. Yeah, six. Hours. Left it. Left it. Had it in their room, but un- unlocked in a drawer, and then um, basically just let him have it whenever he wanted it. And he was at school looking up online or something, try, trying to buy bullets, 
trying to buy rounds, got caught. And uh, his mother texted him saying, I'm not mad, LOL, just don't get caught. Yeah. You know, basically making a joke out of the whole fucking thing, knowing this kid's like a a little, uh, you know, his screws loose a little bit. You can tell. Well, okay, so I can see, you know, my uh, my oldest is getting to the age where I want him to start, you know, learn how to use a gun and everything. He's yeah. not old enough to have one. I'm not going to buy him one. Um, but, you know, we have guns at our house, and I'm like, if you have any questions about him, you want to see him, you let me know. But yeah. if, let's say he was old enough and I bought him a shotgun for hunting or something or a pistol to, you know protect himself or whatever and he was looking up ammunition got busted for it i can see making that joke the difference is this kid was unstable yeah he had a history of this also stuff. a teacher took pictures took a phone picture with her or a picture with her phone of drawings he did and they were you know violent drawings about shooting people and killing people yeah and um she kept she was so disturbed by that she took a picture of it and so this kid the parents knew that he was unstable and they bought him a gun and then when it was time when he threatened somebody or something. I can't remember exactly what the we'll, – we'll find out more about it. But he, he, the parents got called into the school. Same day. And he – instead of – they wanted – the school wanted them parents to take the kid. And they said, no, we got to go back to work, whatever. He's going to stay here. And they left. And that afternoon, he shot a bunch yeah. of kids. And then she texts when she finds out that there was a school shooting. She goes, uh, don't do it is what she texted him. And then – the dad called the police right away because he found his gun. The kid's gun was gone. And he goes, I think the shooter might be my son. Well, then if you think your shooter might be your, be your son, that means you had a, a, a an idea that maybe he wasn't a kind of guy, the kid that you'd want to. But you don't want to give any kid, a 15-year-old kid, a handgun. Well, even if, look, my kid's a great kid. He's real level-headed. He's an A-honor-roll kid and all that. I, I just, no. I don't want to give an 18-year-old a, a handgun. You're just not. You're not making rational decisions. You're, you're, that's true. Your, your brain's not fully developed till in your mid twenties. Well, it's like I even we're having this argument um, between my son and I about social media. We don't let him have any of it. You know, he doesn't have Facebook, Twitter. He wants Snapchat because his buddies have it, and he wants Instagram. And to be honest, we're probably going to let him get there because, you know, all of his friends have it, and he gets a lot of peer pressure about it. But in the meantime, we're talking a, a lot about the education of it you know like you you think stupid things sometimes you know when we were kids we didn't have a bullhorn to yell it through for everybody yeah if you can if you can explain to your kids and not just one in one sitting but kind of like develop a kind of a curriculum almost yeah. about how the deleterious effects of these social media and then you show them okay this is what happens to this kid when he when he posted this or this is um this is what they're trying this is how they're manipulating you this is the algorithm how they're built if they if you can kind of keep that kind of going a yeah. process and you can let them have those but then you can make sure they understand what's happening no not just a one sit down this is bad if you do it wrong none of those you have to kind of continually kind of say okay let's talk about this here's a situation that just came up on twitter really bad situation i don't want you to fall for this here's why it happened i think that's kind of a good that's the only way you can kind of handle it nowadays well his school's got an fbi agent coming to talk to him about this specific thing this agent handles this stuff all the time and he's walking him through scenarios like you know a girl likes your friend she sends your friend a um an inappropriate picture. Your friend goes, huh, look at this, shares it with his buddies. Now you got a problem. You can't have that on your phone. Yeah. You, you can't. 
Yep. You got to be like, not only can you not have it, you have to delete that and send texts that say, dude, don't send me those pictures. Yeah. Not a joke. Don't send those Don't to do me. that yeah. stuff. You know, and, you know, he's saying, well, this isn't going to happen. But, you know, he's in high school now. And I said, it's not crazy for a girl a couple years older than you to start having feelings for you. And he's like, oh, I don't see that happen. I'm like, dude, look, it happens. You know? Like, so. Yeah, you just have to, like, you have to educate him. You can't just ban it. Oh, right. It's just impossible nowadays to ban that their interaction with that stuff. So you have to like try to educate as much as you can. Well, and that's the same with the guns. You yeah. can't just say, no, you can't have these. If you, if you own guns and you go shooting and, you, and, and you're a second amendment pro second amendment, you can't just tell your kids no, because it becomes a forbid, forbidden fruit situation almost. Yeah. And it could exactly. be, it could be almost like they, it becomes fetishized at that point. So you have to make it just a standard thing. You got to explain to them, explain to them, explain to them. This is why it's important to gun safety, not just a one sit down thing. It's continual. And you got to make them understand. It's like teaching them how to use tools in your garage. You know, you can cut your fucking finger off if you use the saw wrong, you know, and, and it's not just a one time thing. You have to reiterate, reiterate that kind of message to kids because their brains aren't developed. You can't. It's tough. I'm proud of my kids because even my youngest, I was talking to someone who, uh, a friend of ours who does not like the idea of having guns and said, you shouldn't have guns in your house. What if your kids got a hold of them? I said, my kids know how to behave around guns. And that person goes, well, how do you know? And I said, I asked my youngest, how do you know when a gun's loaded? Without looking up, he goes, it's always loaded. And they looked at me like, wow, I suppose. I'm like, yeah, because I've spent time teaching my kids how to be careful. So. All right, we've got a couple more topics, but let's get into the book quick. Questions uh, about 3, ourselves. 3,000 questions about me. Mm, that's just what people are waiting to hear. How old about. were you when you last went trick-or-treating? Uh, I Probably too late. No, I probably did trick-or-treat too late. So I think I probably was like 14 or 15. I was like eighth grade. I think it was my last year. Uh, so yeah, 14, 15. Yeah, when you feel like you feel kind of uncomfortable doing it. And I think uh, I think I did w- went with younger kids, so that's the only way I felt like okay, I can handle this still because I'm with like an eight year old. <laughs> uh, have you ever played golf? And just random eight year olds that I met in the street, I just hooked up with them, and uh, well, that's a bad way to put it. <laughs> really, it I, is. I just I just fell in with them, and and stop talking. Oh boy, yeah, that's just, just cut it out. You know what I mean, though, right? <laughs> I don't I don't even want to acknowledge that you said anything. <laughs> have you ever played golf? Moving on. Have I ever played golf? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I suck at it and I hate it. Everybody who plays golf sucks at it. Yeah. Um, I think we've had this one before, and I read this too quickly and I almost got a whole different question. <laughs> Would you rather be a jack of all trades or a master of one? Yeah, we've had that. Jack of all trades. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever fired a gun? <laughs> never. No, I have never fired a weapon in my life. And I don't own any weapons. Uh, what is the main quality? Well, I did. They're at the bottom of the list. Yeah, tragic boating accident. Uh, what's the main quality you think makes a great parent? Um, the, the main quality? Mm-hmm. Uh, just being involved. Yeah. I was going to say time. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask this one last. Um, it makes me sad to ask this question. Do you think people, including yourself, live up to their full potential? Most people don't, <laughs> including I don't, myself. I don't know many people who do. Yeah, that's that's human nature. We'll we'll live. Uh, we'll do um, uh, one more quick one here. Have you ever stayed up for an entire twenty four hours, and why? A few times, yeah, probably more than twenty four hours. Back in your coke days, <laughs> yeah, when I was just like fucking waking out. <laughs> um, uh, 
Just because you, I, well, I, I suffer, suffer from insomnia sometimes. Not as much as I used to, but when I was younger, I had insomnia. And, um, uh, yeah, I can't remember why. You just do it. You just, for some reason, you're up and you just decide, oh, you have to go to work there or school the next day and you just keep going. And I'm pretty sure it's like 36, 48 hours is my max. See, I think we're going to reframe insomnia as spontaneous extra creative time. There we go. You know, it's not sleeping. It's not not sleeping. It's Yeah, I couldn't do the 24 hours anymore. I wonder if I could. That's a young man's game right there. I think I could do it. I bet I could. Worst out. The worst part for me is like the the five in the morning kind of sun coming up thing. Yeah, that's, it all depends on what you're doing too. Like, that's my that's my brain telling me. If you had to drive, that would that would be rough. I mean, that'd be dangerous. I did it for a, a psychology experiment in in college. Uh, we had a group project, and we decided to do ours on sleep deprivation, and um, we were. We were doing all these activities, like we would do these fine motor skill things and everything. We found that that didn't really drop off, but your concentration went absolutely to shit. To this day, what's the uh, Billy Crystal, Gregory Hines movie where they're cops from like 1984 or whatever? Yeah, I know what you're talking we about. We watched that entire movie, and I can I remember. Have no idea what I it can was. remember scenes from that movie and stuff. I have no idea what sequence they were in. Yeah. None. Well, I think when you get to a certain point, you do these little micro sleeps too, where you don't even realize you're sleeping. You just fall asleep. Well, the worst part was like the last couple hours of it. There's four of us sitting there together watching a movie and like one of us doze off and the other one hit him. And then nobody's got any patience at that point. <laughs> Almost erupted into fights yeah. right there. All right. Um, uh, let's, let's get into this heavy one. The Supreme Court and this Roe v. Wade thing. Well, not Roe v. Wade, but Mississippi, state of Mississippi, is trying to ban abortions post-15 weeks. The argument being that the viability uh, argument from Roe v. Wade is... It's, it's, it's outdated. It doesn't make any sense anymore. I will say I think medically 15 weeks. I, I think the earliest the kid has survived is 20. Yeah, for now. Yeah, for now. But, um, I mean, definitely... You see all these different surveys, like 75% of the country still supports right to choose, you know, abortion and everything. While that may be true, the question is different when you ask after the first trimester. Then it flips almost all the way the other way around. Like 75% of the country says, uh, that's not cool. I like um, Adam Baldwin, the actor's uh, argument, not one of the Baldwin brothers. He says, uh, look, if it's got a face, it's a person. Yeah, I, I actually don't even think uh, viable, viability should be a um, part of this discussion anyway. Well, I don't necessarily either, but uh, Brett Kavanaugh said, look, at some point, viability has got to be the standard here. He's like, because viability, his point was, and I think it's a good one, you can talk about the mother's rights and you can talk about the child's rights, but you can't talk about both of them together because they're, they are not compatible. So at some point, viability draws the line. Here's where my issue is. If a woman becomes pregnant, doesn't know she's pregnant, is murdered, they find out she was three, four weeks pregnant. Um, The murderer, is he on the hook for her and the the baby or or no? I think yes. I I don't think they are at three or four weeks. But I think morally, yes, because it's conception in my my vision. If you're – if the child's conceived and has the ability – unmolested ability to form into a, into a full fledged human being. Then at that point of, of conception, 
that is a uh, autonomous separate being at that point that's just being um, nurtured by the, the woman or by your womb and so you know you can't you can't use the viability option because it just it's going to change well for me and I'll preface this by saying I just I think it's abhorrent you know uh, abortion is I, I'm willing to I'm willing to be convinced on the rape incest kind of thing but you know when they say the health of the that women don't die in childbirth anymore it yeah. just it doesn't happen I mean I don't want to say never but that is like 50 cases a year you know there's women don't die from childbirth like they did even 50 years ago um, they're but, acting like this thing growing inside them if they're pro-abortion and rah-rah abortion they're acting like it's some sort of parasite yeah well and they'll say because it is because it's feeding off you but it's not I know, yeah. I know, but so I, I will say I do think, you know, it's important. I honestly believe it's just flat out evil. Yeah. But the devil's advocate part of me says there are a lot of pregnancies before ten, eleven weeks that spontaneously abort. Correct. So, I for me it's intention versus, you know, sort of nature. But if you get back to the if you. Sh- if a woman gets murdered when she's four weeks pregnant and doesn't know about it, does that add to the charge? What if she's four weeks pregnant and she drinks a whole lot and, and abort and has a miscarriage because of getting constantly getting drunk? Yeah. I'd, and she knows she's pregnant. I don't, I don't know if you can prosecute that. I don't think you can, but I think morally it's, it's reprehensible. Oh, yeah. And I think morally it's, I think it's, it's evil. Reprehensible. Anyway, but to, to talk about this case without getting sidetracked here, um, I think I'm, I'm going to guess this is at least a five to four. It might be a six to three, even listening to Robert's arguments um, that uh, Mississippi's thing is upheld. Now there's 26 states that say, well, then we're going to ban it, too. Well, if you listen to any of the arguments or any of the, the judges speaking about it, um, Thomas was was great about it. He's saying this is this is not um, this is not something about politics. This is about the letter of the law. And because he was responding to Kagan, not Kagan, Sotomayor, right? Mm-hmm. Because she was taking into account like the super precedent and the politics of it. And it's like this, this is, we're not a political body. Yeah. And that's the whole point of the, if we, if they don't rule on this the correct way, it's kind of shows you that, yeah, the, the Supreme Court is not what, what it, their founding fathers had intended for it to be. If they, if they, if they just go on the whims of the, of the current politics or, or if they, they're afraid that it's going to, you know, um, cause too much uh, turmoil that's not their job to, 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 to discuss that well and but to a degree that the Supreme Court has always been a little political you can't avoid that when you're talking about people I mean the Dred Scott case is a perfect example yeah I mean that was that was the wrong way to rule right and that's what um, uh, you know Sonia Sotomayor was saying by the way she's a dummy you, you hear her speak and you can't come across thinking that she's, that she's, she's a, a smart person yeah you can't come across thinking she's smart she is a dumbass yeah. i mean her whole thing in this about well if you uh prick a dead person's foot they can you know respond it, first of all that's not even true yeah you know a brain dead person maybe yeah but we're not talking about some that's something that's happened to someone who has caused them to be in that state. She's removing the idea that they had been a sentient thinking being before that. So all this is, is you're, you know, talking about someone who's had an injury versus someone who's, it was just, it was was stupid. It was stupid. She's a dummy. Yeah. 
but she was bringing up the super precedent of that. And Kagan was too. I don't think Kagan is dumb. I disagree with her on almost everything, just like Ruth Bader Ginsburg disagreed with her, but she was a brilliant person. But Kagan was sort of saying, look, we kind of already decided this. This goes back to whatever. And, you know, people have said, well, why should you do it? That's the only argument she's got. And then, but that's such a, it's a self-defeating argument because you can look back at the cases of, uh, of uh, redlining and, uh, and uh, segregation and all that, the cases that had to do with that, the Brown versus Board of Education, yep. that kind of stuff. You can look back on that and go, that, that should have been a super precedent. And that yeah. got overturned. So, And that was, that was um, Kavanaugh's argument. Yeah. He goes, right. Okay, cool. But what about when we did it wrong? Mm-hmm. He goes, there are things we understand now were wrong. And so I think this is getting kicked back. So did you hear what, where it should be, in my mind, the states right. should get to Because decide. it's not in the Constitution. Right. Uh, except for penumbras and emanations, <laughs> which is the term that I can't remember what, what I'm sorry, justice what? was yeah. talking about that, but that's what they yeah. bring up now. They go, lost me. They go uh, the, the lefty liberal progressive types go, well, it's not word for word. Um, the right to abortion is not in the Constitution, but under the... It's like that Fourteenth uh, Amendment, Fourth Club. Amendment, or something. Yeah. What are one of the amendments, which is the the right to privacy, or something like that. Fourteenth, <laughs> but but no, they go under. 14th, if yeah. you look at it, there are penumbras and emanations that allow you to read into it. And I'm like, ah, uh-uh. no, no, no. Well, that, that's the like, Constitution not meant for penumbras. I don't even know what that means, by the way. I'm just saying because it, it sounds so funny. Penumbras and emanations. Well, that's like the people though that say. You know, the welfare system. It's stupid smart speak is what it is. The welfare system is in the Constitution. You're like, where? And they say promote the general welfare. You're like, all right. First of all, that's the preamble. Yeah. That's like the saying on the Statue of Liberty. It's not a law. Nope. It's like someone writing the foreword to a book. Yeah. You know, saying the book's (laughs) really awesome. You should read it. You know? Um, (laughs) it's It's not in the Constitution. And by the way, the general welfare was not, well, we should have a system where we pay people who aren't working or right. It's stupid to make It's that just a, a healthy society needs rules and laws. But That's why make, they're doing this. My point is you can make a better case for welfare being in the Constitution than you can That's abortion. probably true. Yeah, you're right. So anyway, um, I think this is going to get kicked back to the states where I believe it should be because I believe you should – hell, I believe it should even be counties or cities that decide if they can do it because like this whole school board thing, which is reemphasizing the whole idea that politics are very local – it should be people who have an immediate interest in that thing because the idea that small, smaller government and local government means if you don't like it in a particular place, you can move. So California now is saying they're going to become an abortion sanctuary state. So if you can't get one, you can go there and get one. They'll even pay your expenses to go there. Again, I think, uh, I think abortion is evil. But if California wants to do that, go ahead. See what happens. Yeah. See how it works out for you. Because everything – if California was a friend of yours and was giving you advice, you would be like, everything they tell me to do, I'm going to do the opposite. So let me put a hypothetical I just thought of here. What if I uh, found out that uh, just straight-up murder – because there's different degrees of murder or different reasons for murder. They decide that's a state issue. No, fed, Federal is never involved anymore to, with murders. States could decide what they consider a murder at this point. And there's some fucking loopy state out there that goes, yeah – under most circumstances, it's not illegal. We're going to have the purge. Yeah, pretty much, right? One and day so, of the year, you're going to kill And so everybody. other states say, no, that's crazy. We're never going to do that. But some of their citizens go to participate in this purge in this other state, and they come back. Does that state have a right to go, yeah, you don't belong here anymore. Stay stay out of the state. 
I don't know. Because with the abortion thing, they, I would think maybe you go to another state to get an abortion and you're in a state that says abortions are illegal and you go do it anyway in another state and you come back. I think the, that state should have a right to go, yeah, you don't belong here anymore. Yeah, maybe. I just, you know, it'd be interesting to think about because I haven't thought about that until now. <laughs> well, I mean, they do it with they do it with sex offenders. Okay. Yeah. So if you molest somebody in Iowa and you move to Minnesota, I mean, that's a that's a we do need some federal charges yeah. for some things, but but and I think there needs to be some sharing database sharing for that kind of stuff between the states. But yeah, if uh, if you're a sex offender in one state, if you go to one state where it's like it's legal to diddle a 14 year old. And then you come back to a state that's insane and you go, hey, I just did in the other state. I'm not, I'm never going to do it here. I didn't do it here. I just did it over there. And that state should be able to go, yeah, fuck right off of that. Well, I mean, can you believe the people are saying it's not right to call those people pedophiles if they have those urges but never act on them? They're maps, Rooster. They're maps. They're minor attracted persons and they haven't acted upon those urges. So you have no right to condemn them. They're just, you know what, it really is just a different sexuality is all that is. Well, but like everything else, there's an escalation with this stuff. Of course there is. The slippery slope is real. I know. And if you start allowing shit and, and start, they go, here's the thing. And they try to explain it by, look, look, I think pedophilia is abhorrent. Okay. Let's but, just get that out of the way. But yeah. these human beings have urges and they're trying not to, to, to satisfy those urges. So if you just, if you just, like I was saying earlier, if you just make it so that they can't even think or do it, it becomes like an obsession for them. I go, good. They can obsess all they fucking want. As soon as they fucking try to do something about it, you fucking yeah. de-dickify them and throw them in prison. Dickify them? De-dickify. De-dickify. Gotcha. Okay. But here's, the, that's the thing. You just, yeah, so... So there are people that are struggling. Yeah, so let them struggle. If they can't figure it out, if they can't find God, and and they really want, they still they can't control that urge, then you take you take them out. You, you take them out of society. You go, they're a danger to society. You get them out. And they go, well, they'll, they'll just hide. I go, good. <laughs> Fucking good. And people won't tolerate their bullshit. If you see creepy McCreeperson being creepy at the playground, you're going to beat the fucking shit out of them. Or you're going to call the police or something. You're, it's not going to be something he's going to be able to get away with because nowadays, well, this person, he's not technically doing anything wrong. He might just be a map. So he's not acting out. Fuck you. Yeah. And his, you know, his home life, that situation is tough. Yeah. Did you hear that? Most of these, uh, a lot of these molesters have been saying that they were molested as ch- children. And that's kind of why they're acting out. And then, when, but that's like 60 or 70% of them. And then it turns to, comes to find out when they take lie detector tests. That nope, <laughs> it's a lot smaller percentage that that were actually molested. So they're just deviants. They they obviously there is deviancy. There's evil. There's bad seeds in this world. There are people that are just wired wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know if they can't get past that bad wiring and you know do right do right by society or do right by their family whatever or find God like I said if they can't do that then they need to be removed from society one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, for me, it's like you're guilty when you commit the thing, but let's not make, you know, let's not make a society that enables people to do those things, you know, that says, well, you know, bad home life. You You see it in schools now. I mean, we don't, we don't go after some kids for bad behavior because, you know, they grew up in a tough situation. And, well, what, and, and the argument is that if you clamp down on this or you don't don't open or if you don't make treatment available, you don't if you try to if you keep them stig, uh, stigmatized, stigmatized. If you keep them stigmatized, then they won't seek help and then they'll they'll 
commit these crimes as opposed to getting the help they need. And it's like, yeah, but no, that's not going to maybe in a, in a very small percentage, but what's going to happen if you go the other route where you try to normalize it is what they're doing. And, and that's what it ends up being. You try to normalize it, then it'll embolden a lot of them to do what they're doing. And they'll find situations where, you know, the, the stigma is not as bad so they can get closer to the children mm-hmm. and they can act creepier around children. It's like the drag queens that go to the storybook, the, the drag queen or reading hour and they, twerk in front of kids and they fucking roll around on the ground. There's video of them rolling around and having the kids like dog pile on them. And there's one that opens up his legs and flashes his, uh, his, um, his junk through, uh, through, uh, see through guard or see through pantyhose at the kids. And, and you think that person doesn't think, you know, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you don't think that they're, that that's going to, you think that's going to be enough for them? Well, I mean, I think it's a bad sign when you've got drag queen story hour in the book she's reading is let's touch my nuts. <laughs> and they're talking about right some of these uh, professors are saying what we need to treat these, these maps is we need to allow them to have um, computer generated pornography, child pornography that they can, they can indulge in. Yeah. Cause that never gets anyone. Yeah. And, and that, here's the thing, even the Bible, like even if you go to the church or the Bible says, if you obsess over, or if you have access to sin, and you think about sin a lot and you obsess over it, it'll, it'll metastasize. They don't say it in this way, but it'll metastasize. It'll become more, you know, it, it's kind of weird listening to you talk about God and all these Bible issues and stuff. It, uh, it, it's unsettling it, it, for it's, me. It's creepy to you. It gives you goosebumps. It's just, it's outside of what I expect from you. But you, uh, I've always been a friend of Christianity. I'm not saying you weren't, but, but it does. It, if you think about, if you think about sinful things, Mm-hmm. And you start obsessing about them, it escalates. It's it's it just that's what happens. So if you make it available, and they're saying we should have like little uh, little um, blow up doll children for these uh, sex offenders to you know to, to get their urges out on. No, it'll just make them more want to to more to do the real thing. I you know I'm okay with fake sheep though. I mean, if they if they <laughs> need the, fake sheep, you know, leave the real sheep alone, people. <laughs> you know, it's poor animals. That's bad. Ah, uh, I should have known you were going to go there. All right. Uh, how do you feel about this whole Ukraine issue with Biden and Putin? I think it's I think it's another bullshit thing where we can't you can't talk you can't talk shit unless you're willing to back it up. See, I'm here's my feeling. I'm trying to And I don't this. want us to back it. To be to be clear, I'm I'm not a chicken hawk. I don't want to be in wars like this. I mean, if they're not technically they're not an they're ally not of ours. So no. we just we support them, but we're, they're not allies. So if ultimately, if Russia decides to go against them, we can't get involved in that. Yeah, and um, uh, what's her name on uh, Fox? Katie, uh, she's on Tablet. Yeah, yeah. She brought up the. I don't even want to give them good weapons. She goes because what happens if the Russians steamroll them and now they got a bunch of our weapons? Yeah. Well, it's like in Afghanistan. Yeah. Well, that we just walked away from. Right. We just left them there and went. Hey, here they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I think people forget that the world is basically a rough and dangerous and unpleasant place. You know, so we live here behind the castle walls in the greatest country ever and say, everywhere is like here. And all the countries were formed by conquest. Yeah. So I look at it like, I'm trying to look at this from Putin's perspective. If NATO comes along and says, hey, we want to add these guys who are right on your back door. If... If uh, China had some sort of NATO equivalent and Mexico joined it, 
we'd probably be like, hey, that's some fucking bullshit yep. right there. Absolutely. So I get Putin's point, you know, and I just think we should stay the hell out of it. Right. You know, but stop trying to sort of be in between. Well, and then there's there's Republicans and Democrats that are doing the full on chicken hawk bullshit. Or they're like, we need to tell them who's boss, and we need to show them that we're not that we're not just saber rattlers. That you know, it's like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, we, we are. At this point, if Biden says shit to Putin, it is saber rattling. We're not going to do anything anyway. So why do why show your weakness that way? Yeah, because he's Putin knows he's not a dummy. He knows that um, Biden's a, a puppet and he's ineffectual. Yeah. So let me roll it into this one. How about Taiwan? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I don't want. I wouldn't get involved militarily to protect Taiwan, but fuck, that's some evil shit. I would get involved uh, militarily. Would you? And okay. here's why: a couple of reasons. One, we do have an agreement to help defend them. Whether oh. or not, whether or not that was wise or not. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we do. Okay. Um, that changes. That changes my. Having seen answer what that. they did to Hong Kong. Yeah. You know. I mean, you can say, hey, it was going back to them anyway, which I get. And they just view, view Taiwan as a breakaway sort of Well, and what they've, country. They, they have a history of human rights abuses that are real, that are... But we also have a very big economic interest in Taiwan. They make like 90% of the world's computer chips. Yeah. So, and people say, well, the only reason we're involved in the Middle East is oil. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. So, you're working in your own self-interest. That So what? You know, it, I, it's like saying, well, the only reason you protect your house is so no one will burn it down. Yeah. And that's where all my shit is. Mm -hmm. you know, yes, of course. But what's your point? Yeah. So I don't know. I think, uh, I, I am no international expert, but, and, uh, I'm making some generalities here, but generally those Asian cultures sort of threaten and threaten. I mean, like, um, China's done before and, uh, Kim Jong-un and all that. And you kind of have to kind of have to draw a line in the sand and be like, hey, not fucking around. And I just don't get any sense that Biden's doing that. Yeah, I, have a, I, I think China is a much bigger threat, obviously, than Russia at this point, too. So, Although, um, there's a couple things about China that are making me believe they're kind of a paper tiger. Uh, one of them is this, um, what's the big um, fund of theirs that's done all this property stuff and everything? Basically, it's collapsing. So these middle-class... Chinese citizens have bought uh, condos and apartments, sometimes three or four of them, and all these developments. There's nobody in them. The idea was it was this chance for them to be upwardly mobile, and but they don't have the economy to support it. So China is pulling these billionaires in, saying, "You got to pay for this stuff. You know, it was your company. You made millions off this. You're going to pay for it." And so that's I can't remember. God, for the life of me, what that was. Um, but anyway, it's big, but. But then I heard um, Newt Gingrich saying, you know, China's problem is two-thirds of their water is polluted. They don't grow a lot of their own food. As big as they are, they just don't have the infrastructure to support what they have. And he says, in about 10 years, their one, one China po or one child policy or whatever. It's called like one China or something like that, whatever it is. Um, but uh, Yeah, they limit the amount of kids. They, can yeah, have. they said they're aging. They don't, they don't have the kids underneath them to support, you know, what's going on here. And he said they're, they're, on, they're on the brink of collapse. And I've heard that from more than um, more than a couple of them. Now they'll just there. release another bioweapon. 
They're an export economy. They yeah, they export the flu. Yeah, the Wu flu. Yeah, I I heard Fauci today. This is my last rant, and then we're running up on time here. But Fauci was bitching about we have to be past this nonsense. This is all political and everything. We goes we got to cut this out. He goes, you have to look at the data. Well, listen, bitch. If you look at the data, I don't know what data you're looking at, but it's not the data you should be looking at. Like who's sick? And he mentions. He said, uh, this was on MSNBC today, and he said, uh, he had some panel that was, you know, again, fawning all over him. And he said, you know, uh, he said, you just have to look at the data. And then he goes, for example, Billings, Montana. And he didn't even say, for example. So he says, talk about the data, the science, and then he uses anecdotal evidence by saying this, ho- this hospital in Billings is the biggest in the entire state. And they have 25 ICU beds. Let's just pause. It's Montana, bitch. Let's just pause right there, okay? Because first of all, there are a bunch of questions to ask. I don't believe that the biggest healthcare system in the entire state of Montana, even though it's a smaller population size, has only 25 ICU beds. Who's in them? What are they in them for? You know, and he says they're putting people in, uh, in solariums and stuff because they have 41 beds full. Well, first of all, someone needs to explain to him the difference between data and anecdotal data because you can't use that as an example for why you're running the whole country a certain way. How about we use the one that one of the lowest infection rates in the country right now is Florida? And Georgia's up there and Louisiana's up there because they just said, look, we're not doing this. So they went through their whole wave, and now they're on the backside of it. And the states with the worst stuff are the blue states. Yeah. And then this whole hype about Omicron being uh, um, more transmissible, and they, they at least even Fauci's even admitting, well, you know, it might not be, it might be let, uh, significantly less deadly. Well, Walensky from the CDC came right out and said, yeah. you know, we might have reached a point where it's endemic. No shit. Yeah. You know, and, and I... And we're still we're still going through the even Minneapolis or Minnesota here. We're still going through, you know, the someone's deciding to do a mask mandate. Someone's deciding that deciding whether or not um, lockdowns are, are going to be coming up again. It's like enough, enough with the fear mongering. It's all it comes down to at this point. It's it's submission through fear mongering. Stop it. Well, last I saw, which was a couple days ago. Do you know how many people have died from the Omicron strain? I don't know. Zero. Okay. Nobody. Yeah, I can believe that because you, it's like a, a fucking sniffle cold, basically. Do you know what percentage of people who have been identified as having it are um, are asymptomatic? 75%. Okay. So, in other words, someone in the family gets something. They get paranoid. They test. They go, yep, you've got it. Oh, you've got the new strain. Bring your family in. They test them, and they go, well, you've got it, too. Well, shit, we didn't have anything. We didn't notice. Yeah. It's stupid. Then you've got in, in Australia still you've got pe- the camps. They've got people that um, they think are have been exposed but haven't tested positive. They're taking them out of their homes. There's videos of this. Take them out of their homes. The police are showing up and going, "Yeah, we're taking you to this camp, um, whatever." There's some friendly name camp they call it now, the COVID camp. And she goes, "Why? I haven't even been tested." And they go, "Well, you've been, um, you know, pointed out that you've been in contact with somebody who's had." The, um, the COVID. She goes, why can't I just self-quarantine at home like a lot of people? She goes, no, nope, you're going to the camp. And then there's other videos of these camps where the people are there and there's one where this woman's on a porch and these police officers or these security officials all wrapped head to toe in their little white gear and their purple gloves and, and masks are out there and trying to explain you know, why she's going to get fined $5,000 if she steps foot off that porch again. And she goes, okay, 
but why? Nobody here, nobody here is even tested positive. And he goes, this is very dangerous, very highly infectious area. She goes, yeah, but nobody here is tested positive, but, but the, but the possibility is there. It's like, it's like they don't even understand how fucking ridiculous this sounds. Do they, or do they? Well, Matt Walsh was on with uh, Tim pool and it was kind of frustrating because I, I like Matt Walsh yeah. a lot. Um, you kind of turned me on to listen to his stuff. Uh, they didn't let him talk about. No, he didn't. But when he did, that I saw. when he did, he really he made a point, a lot of good points, and one of them was uh, um, that all of this stuff that's happening, nobody thought it would happen to them. So they granted that okay, it could happen. You know, they could come in and pull my neighbor out of their house, but it wasn't going to happen to me. And then what happens to them? They're all weepy and like, oh, what do you mean? And we're fast reaching a point where I think we're going to have to start standing up for each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know what that, what form that takes. And again, I go back to the Thomas Jefferson quote, which I think he didn't necessarily mean literally when he says the uh, tree, tree of, of freedom, liberty has to be watered you know, with every, the blood of patriots. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think. And tyrants. Yeah, tyrants. Both. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't necessarily mean. Uh, literally, he's not ruling that out. It's like blood, sweat, and tears. It's yeah. like saying that. It's like you have to put the work in but to keep your liberty. Sometimes people who make bad decisions politically have to pay a price for it. Right. That means they're no longer in office. Tar or and whatever. feather. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so. That's pretty brutal too. If, if it's not, it's not fun in games like the like the comedy movies make it out to be when that person's tar and feathered. Did you ever see uh, the Sam Adams show on uh, or John Adams on uh, HBO? No. I didn't watch all of it. I've seen parts of it, but uh, they tar and feather a guy. Well, there. Helen Wheels. You watch that? They tar and feather a guy in Helen Wheels. Yeah, I don't remember that. It's though. the uh, it's the Swede. They tar and feathered the Swede. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. And he got pretty messed up. <laughs> I did not like the ending of that show. I never saw the end. Yeah, I, I I could see the way it was heading, and I didn't like it. It didn't go the way I thought it would. Okay. I just it just got kind of off the rails a little bit. Oh, as it were. I see. Didn't what even you try mean. to do that. No, it was uh, it was a pretty decent show, even to when he came back to the camp after being off with the Mormons. Yeah. But then he joined the Pacific Railroad. Yeah, I don't even think I got to that point. And that point, it was like, eh, it wasn't that good. Well, speaking of Matt Walsh, real quick, he's got a book out, and it's and it's the number one bestseller on children's books. And yeah. not only that, but it's number one best LGBTQ book right now. Yeah. And he's just he just loves it because they didn't try to do that. They didn't they didn't put it under that category. Well, he says he's going to preface everything he says by best selling children's author now. Yeah, but then he, now he says he's he's immune to, to criticism yeah. because he's an, a member of the LGBTQ community. <laughs> and and all it was, he says he didn't even write it to be. It's Johnny the Walrus, by the yeah, way. It's a kid who decides that he's a walrus. And his mom kind of decides starts buying into it, and they could find a doctor that's actually going to perform a surgery. She's going to have him go live at a zoo, and finally the uh, cooler heads prevail, and she starts realizing that this is getting too too out of hand. Yeah, and that's the kind of whole point of the book. And yeah, it's it never mentions, sh- but it, it is shitting, gay, it is yeah. shitting on the uh, the whole transgender bullshit. But it never mentions gay people or yeah. anything. Like but it that. is funny that they c- categorize it LGBT, and and he's number one now. And I did in listening to that, they had some super chats where somebody said uh, something about the sweet baby gang. Yeah, and he goes, he says, he goes, I can't talk. About yeah, we don't talk about the sweet baby. Yeah. Sweet Baby Gang. And so, what is it? It's like fans of his that call yeah. themselves the Sweet Baby Gang yeah. or something like that? Yeah, it's silly. It's it's it, it came it came across from something very dumb, and then it just became a thing. But my point is, this is basically how the Proud Boys started. Mm-hmm. It's just a joke. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's all it is. And you can't get, I was surprised I had this conversation with my dad. My Mm -hmm. dad, who is a, he is a um, fiscal conservative, Trump hating, squishy Republican, you know? And I, I say squishy in, uh, and a smart guy. Yeah. I mean, in an endearing way, you know, my dad is pro second amendment, but you know, he looks at the Kyle Rittenhouse thing and goes, he shouldn't have been there. And I'll go, you know, I can agree with you that he shouldn't have been there, but that doesn't change the legal circumstances, yeah. you know? So, um, but he'll watch CNN cause he can't stand Fox. And then he'll say, well, it's like, why do you get his picture taken with the Proud Boys? I'm like, you know who the Proud Boys are, aren't you? Don't you? He's like, no. Let me. And I tell him. I tell him the whole story about it's Gavin. It's a silly Green. men's club. Yeah. About uh, the chauvinist thing. And yeah. he goes, uh, he goes, well, that doesn't sound right. That can't be. I'm like, do you want me Truth to Truth is stranger you? than fiction. And then the whole thing about the OK symbol. Yeah. I'm like, that's a 4chan thing. He goes, I don't even know what 4chan is. I'm like, it doesn't mean it's exactly. not true. Yeah. So. Yeah, but how can somebody hate watching Fox News but watch CNN and not hate CNN? If you hate Fox News because you think they're spreading you know, propaganda or, or they're being a hyper, hyper part, partisan, how can you think CNN's any different? Well, honestly, what I think it is is CNN has had a lot of cachet a lot longer because it started as a news agency. Okay. But Chris Cuomo, Don Lemon, um, people like that. Rachel, I know they're not on Maddow's CNN. Maddow's MSNBC. But – Rachel Maddow, Lawrence uh, O'Donnell. What's his name? Uh, Brian Stetzer. Stelter, yeah. Stelter. He's pathetic. Man, he's pathetic. But they see themselves as journalists, and they're opinion people. Yeah. By the way, did you see how quickly Stelter changed on Cuomo? Oh, yeah. He used to be in his corner oh, he all was the like, way. He was oh, going to be in his corner all the way. Yeah. He's like, he'll be back. He'll be, you know, he'll yeah. be back. But then he got fired, and he's like, Tch. yeah. They, that guy. Absolutely, they <laughs> yeah, got rid of him. I mean, him. they really should have done that. I yeah. can't wait someday. God, I would love to. I've said I'd love to meet Al Franken just to do the thing about. Yeah, but you might punch him in the face nowadays. No, I wouldn't punch Al Franken. But to do the thing about they say they that a comedian can't be a senator, but I never felt like you were funny anyway. Yeah. I would love to meet Brian Stelter and say, what's your boyfriend think about what you say? <laughs> you know, Or if he, he is said, married, what does your wife's boyfriend think? <laughs> and he'd be like, I'm married. And, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, you are, but. I don't know. Franken thinks he's a tough guy, so he probably wouldn't have get in, into a fight with him. I've heard stories that he's like real um, bombastic oh, yeah. and kind of has a temper and he, acts, thinks he's a tough guy because he used to wrestle, you know. He did it in the Minnesota State Fair. He got up in the yeah. faces of a few people. Yep. But you can't, I mean, you can't do that stuff anymore. I think he got into Michael Medved's face. I think that's where I heard, for, initially heard the story where yeah, but you he got can't, real threatening with Medved. You can't fuck around and find out nowadays. Nope. You just can't do it. Nope, nope. What's, uh, um, is Tim Pool selling a shirt now that says "Step on Snack and Find Out"? Is it? I don't think so. <laughs> That's funny. My youngest still has that sticker. That okay. No step on snack. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right. Uh, on that note, if the, anybody wants to get in contact with us, the best bet. Fuck the emails. Yeah. I, I just I don't even check it anymore. To be honest with you, I just have too much going on. You never checked it. So, go to the Facebook page. We interact through that. Oh, well, Rooster mostly. Almost exclusively. <laughs> exclusively. Well, I'll send a meme or something that yeah. you'll post, but um, but not because not for lack of my trying. Not for lack of my trying. <laughs> so go on Facebook, uh, uh, follow us, Spread podcast. Services Podcast, follow us, and interact with us there. And we would really like it. Uh, this is my heartfelt appeal for you guys to fill out some uh, Apple reviews. 
to yeah. boost the podcast. If, if yeah, you're take, wondering, take you all three minutes. If you're wondering what you can do to help the podcast, go on Apple, review us. For some reason, I don't know why Apple matters more. But it, it just it, Apple posts everything. I think that's why. Yeah. So check out the podcast. Yeah. If you go on a SoundCloud, it doesn't matter. If you give a great review on SoundCloud, it stays on SoundCloud. It doesn't we'll, go anywhere else. We'll take the great we reviews will, on SoundCloud. But Apple's better. Apple reviews. Would be Four great. reviews, not Apple the product, just the reviews. Right. Exactly. See you. Bye. <laughs>